Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome back to Love Labour's Watched, everybody. Uh, hello, how are you? I'm good. Hannah's good. We are, yeah. yeah. And as I'm sure you're all aware, we're kind of gearing into awards season mm-hmm. and lots of exciting new movies have come out. I don't know about you, but there's lots of films that I still haven't got around to seeing. Which yeah, really yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was looking in the... I mean, I don't go to the cinema hugely often, but I was looking at cinema listings recently and kind of being all like, wow, like every cinema in the centre of London is kind of showing five different kind of films yeah including alita battle angel which is oh yeah i'm not really sure what that is no but... i see i worked for it like six to eight months ago oh. and then haven't heard anything about it since and now it's come back and i'm like oh they had that film no idea but we're not talking about that thankfully obviously because none of us have seen it no so instead we thought we would discuss um the new movie mary queen of scots which is um a adaptation of the life of the real-life historical figure, mm-hmm. Mary, Mary who was Queen, Queen of Scots. Scots. Mary Stuart, um, yes. Mary Stuart, yeah. Um, and it's uh, been kind of... I think it was a movie that's been talked about for some time in regards to the Oscars and, you know, especially with the, the two lead mm-hmm. actresses, um, Sasha Ronan and Margot Robbie, yes. being obviously very beloved, acclaimed young performers. Yeah. And, of course, the story of Mary Queen Scots as well is very dramatic and, like, also, interesting. Yeah, and also I think it just captures this historical imagination. Like, there's um, more literary novels, like, a Mary Queen Scots got her head chopped off, yeah. which is by a Scottish writer. I can't remember the name, it's a play. But, you know, I think the, the story of Mary Queen of Scots and the legend of her is something that has inspired a lot of historical study, kind of plays, movies, that kind of stuff, because I think she is in herself an interesting figure. Like, we have... Um, the stars, it's not stars, is it? Oh, I know the one you mean, The Rain? series Rain, yeah, yeah, which is terrible. About her not sort of early life in France. Yeah, yeah, and obviously it's very, like, trashy, like, teen wolf-style romance, apart from the werewolves. But, uh, yeah, she's an interesting figure, as is Elizabeth, you know. Of course, yeah. So it doesn't, it makes sense that a film like this has come out. Yeah. Um, and that we would watch it. And, yeah, if you know us and you know the kinds of films that we like, which you may well do if you listen to the podcast before. If you're a big super fan. Um, you know, you know that we really, we always enjoy a historical film. Mm-hmm. Um, we love Scotland, used to live there, always enjoy seeing a film. With, Did you know we used to live in Scotland? <laughs> beautiful Scottish scenery. Yes. Um, and we also really, obviously, are big fans of the, the two main actors in this film. Yes, um, absolutely. So, yeah, we were keen to see it. It had kind of, um, I suppose... Not bad reviews, but maybe more mixed than you perhaps might have yeah, expected. Yeah, it's, it's not a triumph. And I think people obviously, we will go into more details about this, but people liked the performances, but they thought that I think the film had something lacking a bit, like a couple of things that were a bit misjudged. And I think that is probably like fair. Like, it's one of, the, one of the times when, spoiler alert, I would say that I kind of agree with mm. the criticism. On the nature of spoilers too, um, maybe you don't know the story of Maria Queen of Scots and I suppose it might be kind of dramatic for you to find out what actually happened to her so we are going to talk about it as if it's known to yeah. anyone who's listening so if you don't know about it uh, or want to watch the film first stop and skip to the end when we talk about some other things we've been liking um, and then come back when you've either read the Wikipedia page <laughs> or watch the movie I suppose yeah yeah I think that sounds like a good plan so on that note let's Sieg let's do it Sieg So first of all, we thought we would talk about the uh, new movie, Mary Queen of Scots. Starring two of our absolute faves, uh, Saoirse Ronan and Margot Robbie, as well as a slew of people that, you know, are famous British actors like David Tennant and um, 
Jack Loudon. Jack Loudon. Yeah. Um, and um, Gemma Chan. Yes. She was in it. She was great. She was great. Yeah. So there was a, a real lots of recognisable faces. Um, and the director is Josie Rourke, who is the she was the artistic director of the Don Mar Warehouse, I believe. I think that was her title. Yeah. So she had that theatre background. Yeah. Um, and this is her first feature film, and I, I definitely think you can really tell the theatrical influence and by theatrical I don't mean like melodramatic I mean like yeah more like the structure absolutely and the focus. yeah 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 and obviously disclaimer now um we're not solely like standing this film we have some good thoughts and some bad thoughts um and the theatre thing is not a criticism but I think it gives rise to a couple of problems that we found the film suffers from that it wouldn't have suffered from had it been a theatrical yeah. production like I, I was thinking to myself like, I could totally imagine us having come out of that as a theatre production and really loving it yeah absolutely loving it like it yeah and I think that's because in the theatre you don't expect you never expect things to be like factually correct correct or accurate or realistic like mm-hmm. you know things might have a, a real vein of realism in them but you don't expect that like solid kind yeah. of yeah and you see any sort of changes a la kind of what the film puts in or stylizations for example they come across as sim sim as symbolism you know and you're like okay they've made this creative decision because they want to show me this and the problem is is they she kind of does that in the film so what's an example we can give um so i mean the obvious example that's been picked up by everybody i actually don't have a problem with which is that mary and elizabeth so to clarify mary is played by saoirse ronan um and um she is like portrayed as this young vibrant passionate beautiful young queen who comes from france over the arguably the 40 years of her life she looks like that the whole time the whole time she looks like 18 yeah um and then margot robbie plays the aging kind of slightly in her own world like introverted queen elizabeth as she also as she becomes the icon um that people know her to be i think um if you've seen elizabeth with kate blanchett in it yeah similar thing like white paint the crazy wig the whole uh, their idea is that she's trying to become an icon to do that and she goes through the transformation in the film and they have a scene where the two of them meet which it's not believed that they met in real life yeah um and there was a lot of press about this beforehand but i never had an issue with that because first of all i think they made it very clear that they in in the in all the press they made it very clear that, that like, they know it, they didn't want that, you to think that they didn't yeah. want you to think it really happened also the way they portray it is that it was all a secret so it's like feasibly i think it could, it, have, it happened. could have happened yeah, we yeah. actually know um and also that was actually inspired by the play mary stewart which is like a a german play from uh, actually not sure i think from the 19th century because i studied at university but the whole idea is that it's a conversation between mary and elizabeth mm-hmm. and i think that that works really well like it, you needed them to confront one another like yeah that was the apex of the film so i didn't have an issue with that i think it was more for us actually the plotting that we thought kind of yeah i didn't quite translate yeah so one example would be as we just said the aging of mary so elizabeth fully ages and her transformation comes along with her eventual decision that she can't ally with mary as her cousin and as her fellow sister in the feminine sister kind of way because she is too bound by her position as queen of england and her position as surrounded by men so much so she says i have become more man than woman myself so she kind of pushes away her femininity in a quest to hold on to her power and she doesn't see and the transformation she goes through from a young, beautiful woman, a la Mary, into a painted, scarred, wigged person, um, icon, 
you know, that frames that. And you're like, okay, that makes sense. But then Mary is youthful the whole way through. And if you see the, you see Elizabeth age, but Mary not. And there's a scene right at the end where, obviously, spoiler, if you didn't know Mary <laughs> could have got to get beheaded. That's the literal history. Um, where she's still young and beautiful. And there's a voiceover from Elizabeth Who's saying... Who's like composing this letter in her mind. To what she would say to Mary. Yeah. So obviously she didn't attend the execution and she barely really knew about it because she didn't want to know. Yeah. Um, and that's in the historical record, I think. Um, it's like, I like to remember you as young and beautiful and as the I, as the woman I could not never be, but as the woman I was never able to be. Yeah. Like, she never married, and you see her in the film, Elizabeth, not, deliberately not, like, having sex with her cute boy toy because <laughs> she's like, we can't. Mm. Um, and you're like, okay, in the theatre, her still looking like, Mary still looking young and beautiful would have translated as, oh, so it's a symbol of the pride that Mary never gave up and blah 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 and, and Elizabeth recollecting her in this yeah. way in the film to. because it's a film and it's a period drama you're like so I'm seeing her at her death in real life and she looks the same and it, was, it doesn't make sense yeah and, and actually like Elizabeth's voiceover was somewhat subtle yeah because I feel like you may well have not really been listening to it and more just been like watching what was happening or you assume that Elizabeth is thinking this as Mary's being beheaded like it seems that this is a, she, this is a, their literal physical position in time is the same. Yeah, because I could really imagine it on stage, and then you'd you'd have like Elizabeth on one side lit in in a certain way, and then you'd have on the other side of the stage the what the execution more happened. of an eerie and, uh, yeah. supernatural like yeah yeah yeah, like, yeah. And, and that and that I think yeah it was like a little bit strange, and also because her all her ladies in waiting they hadn't aged either yes. nobody had aged in that story apart from elizabeth yeah. and then you're I mean, so- maybe that was symbolic yeah you know? the thing is then you start the thing is i think it comes across as clumsy rather than symbolic because for a film you are grounded in realism that you aren't grounded in in the theater um so to not have to have aged elizabeth so obviously and made such a point about her she was 10 years older than Mary and she was childless and husbandless and people saw her as barren and, you know, blah, 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 and manly. You know, to contrast that, well, I, I mean, it doesn't come across as clever. To me, it comes across as clumsy because I'm being grounded in the realism of Elizabeth ageing. So arguably, Mary does age. You can't get away from that, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I think that it, it's, quite, it's much harder to establish a kind of nebulous relationship with realism in a film mm. i think you probably have to go one way or the other and this film was trying as i said i think this film was trying to be three different things it was trying to be a historical period drama a la the other Berlin girl firmly grounded in it's showing you history and i think the plot shows you the history this is what happened yeah and it starts in that typical historical drama way of like you know the words on the screen the words on the screen and the white words and then at the end telling you what happened later yeah in a way that also didn't make a lot of sense because in a, in a way that probably a lot of films of that genre do yeah, they, they can't tell you the whole historical context before and after but so you had that but then yeah you you had other things that were definitely much more supposed to be much more symbolic and yeah rather. like there was elements of like feminist critique and elements of um social uh kind of what is it they're trying to project certain social values. For example, there's a character who expresses that they like wearing a dress as a man. And then Mary's like, be whoever you want to be. Yeah, Mary was very supportive in a, like, 21st century Yeah, of, like, way. LGBTQ and, rights, and that, essentially. That, like, I was kind of like, oh, it, it's nice. It was, it was nice to see. Um, but, yeah, it wasn't necessarily and realistic the same, at the time. Yeah, so, you know, trying to juxtapose, trying to put them two together, you know, a serious period drama film with some, like, trying to be very woke, like the period thing... 
um, or the uh, female orgasm thing. You don't need to hear us talk about this. You can go and it's in the press. Yeah, although what we will say is that, again, there was a lot of... um, Not that dramatic. A lot of press about how you saw her have her period. And it was just like... Very, it, it was, was very, very short, no, it was very small nothing. scene that didn't really yeah. seem. And until the female orgasm, has anybody watched Atonement? Well, yeah, it's, it's not. It wasn't new. And no, it's I, not new. I think, um, yeah, I, th- I think those were all things that I think the director particularly wanted to include. And actually, you know, I would commend her for doing so. Like, if it normalizes, you know, something like periods, yeah, well, absolutely, that's a good thing. But, but it, it definitely wasn't like the focus of the film by any stretch. It was jarring. That was the problem. Mm. Like at least. You know, I would compare it to, for example, with Outlaw King. We didn't find jarring at all because it stuck to its guns of being an overly dramatic Shakespearean-style period drama. Yeah. While this film was like period drama, social critique, feminist film, theatre production also. Yeah. Uh, and I think the best part of the film is... We did the, like some bits, obviously. ...the performances. Yes. Um, of particularly Margot Robbie and Saoirse Ronan, obviously, playing the two leads. Um, but all of the supporting cast are very strong, too. Yes. Everybody in it is great. And, and a lot of the, a lot of subtlety, I think. Yeah. And I think, um, for example, you know, the... Uh, I really liked Mary Pugh Scott's brother. Mm. He plays it really interestingly because he's really conflicted. And mm. at the times, he's bonded by this kinship with Mary and he, like, cries because he's so upset about having to kind of betray her in many ways. But in other ways, he's also power-hungry. And I think he played it in a really interesting way, you know, to try and juxtapose and put these two women, put these two together. You know, a man can love his sister, but also want her power, you know? Yeah, and and the scenes of all the the um, courtiers in both the English and the Scottish courts who are plotting to basically try and... Get their way. Yeah, Yeah. use up the power of the The two female monarchs. that was all quite subtle in what could have been very heavy-handed kind of evil men. And it was men. just ch- more chilling because yeah, of it. Yeah, it really was because like you'd, you'd see one of them thought that she could trust somebody and then you would see the way that she was being played. And yeah. often both women were very aware that they were being played, mm-hmm. yet sort of powerless to do anything about it. And that was quite a big juxtaposition with the fact that they were also portrayed as these very powerful figures. Yes, so I think that was definitely very, very clever. And I think Saoirse and Margot Robbie really would deserve a lot of credit for this. I think Margot Robbie kind of nearly outshone Saoirse yeah, Ronan. I agree, because halfway like, through the film, I thought I was thinking Margot has not had much screen time, like compar- comparatively. Yeah, whereas, you know, the film is about it Mary is called Mary Queen of Scots. Um, but actually, her performance was quite haunting. Like I felt, I, I was still thinking, thinking yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, um, And it was, you know, in some ways quite different from because we saw her, as you were saying earlier, we saw her go from being uh, kind of trying to work out what her what her legacy was going to be almost I suppose like what she was how she was going to rule you mm-hmm. sort of saw that playing out over the course of the film um it wasn't till the end that you saw her as the Queen Elizabeth that perhaps we know mm-hmm. it from from the pictures. pictures and stuff um but the whole way through you saw all those all those different concepts and, di- and different ways of ruling like playing out on her face almost like the different decisions she was making yeah and, and- she, Margaret Robbie was able to imbue, and she did the same thing with Harley Quinn in Suicide Squad, um, able to imbue this character that has so much trope characteristics attached mm. to her. Like you know who Harley Quinn is, you know who Queen Elizabeth is, and really humanise them and yeah. really like make their motivations really, really clear. Like the confliction she feels that knowing that she marries anybody, even though she loves Robert Dudley, as they say in this film, that she and him love each other, um, she can't marry him and she yeah. has to send him away and she has to use what power she has and she 
refuses to let go of it. And there's this beautiful moment when she's, you know, obviously she's really affected by Mary begging her for help. And she's crying and being like, and you can tell she's like, I really, really, really wish that I could, but I know that I can't mm. because she plays Elizabeth as smart over nothing else. You know, a, a smart person who knows the consequence of things she has to do. And yeah, and I think it's so amazing to watch her be able to have emotions and show the emotions, but not be ruled by them. You know, she's emotional and she's smart. Yeah, and it was it was a it was a realistic portrayal of what you imagine the character would have been like like it wasn't because you could argue that mary queen of scots in the film was kind of somewhat set up to be this romantic heroine, heroine. yeah romantic with like in the kind of yeah like in the, liter- in the literary sense, yeah yes. the, the literary sense um whereas elizabeth it was a bit more kind of like this is probably some of the things that she went through um and i think that as you say about her humanizing it she had this emotional core to her performance like the scenes with her and robert dudley where she thinks that it was actually quite heartbreaking like mm-hmm. you know it was quite genuinely quite tragic and and upsetting and and it was all because of margot robbie's performance yeah 100%. You, you could i think what was really interesting was how mary i thought was gonna be like i mean i know mary queen of scots from studying her and i know that she was proud she kind of in many ways caused the problems for herself by making headstrong decisions and refusing to give up her pride which in many ways makes her a noble person i see that too but you know and they stand on that actually in the film you see that mary makes these decisions she shouldn't make because of being proud and not wanting to stick she sticks to her gun so much as a woman that she ends up being betrayed because she won't do what the men tell her and you kind of i you'd expect that to be seen as like a great thing but actually the film asks you to question really how you know how you know how much did mary you know, precipitate her own decline. Mm. And the same thing with Elizabeth. Like, you're, you could think of her as, like, crazy, um, unsympathetic, ruled by her courtiers. But actually, the portrayal of her is much more sophisticated and intelligent. And so you kind of end up with both of them being in the wrong sometimes, both of them being in the right. You can sympathise with both of them. Mm. Um, and you see more than just the surface image. You know, Elizabeth as a crazy old woman mary as a beautiful noble tragic you know martyr martyr. like they're they are that but also not that too yeah you know and that's what i loved about it is that actually it didn't i didn't feel encouraged to think either of them were enemies to each other no and it wasn't like a revisionist history in that sense no i thought it was very realistic it wasn't trying to kind of set up as you know we did mention about like them imbuing mary with like sort of modern feminist values but it, that also did kind of stand up insofar as she was supposed to be this outsider, both to Scottish mm-hmm. society and as a woman. to the church as well. You know, she represented, and as a woman, of course, so she represented this kind of different... Yeah, the other. Yeah. yeah. And I think that meant that that kind of worked. And, um, you know, she has these really nice scenes with her, her ladies-in-waiting, who are a big part of, of her, life, her yeah. life. And uh, they also portrayed her marriage in a way very differently from any way I'd seen it being portrayed before. Yeah, of course. Um, her marriage to... Uh, Darnley. Yeah. Robert... Is he also called Robert? I think he's also called Robert. Yeah, yeah. Robert Darnley. So um, I'd always seen it that... And again, I don't think... I, this is probably from studying it really at school, you know, like probably at primary school rather than anywhere else. But I'd always heard it that, you know, like she killed him off so she could marry somebody else. And yeah. and that's always kind of portrayed as her being like this, you know, devious, calculating Yeah, the, the John Knox. Yeah. So in the, in the film, um, they 
present it to you very differently in a way that we'll discuss in, in a moment. Uh, but they imply that that message, that that kind of that message, is all propaganda so, spread yeah. by John Knox, the um, evangel, uh, the he's a Presbyterian cleric who is very well known for writing misogynistic theologies essentially he's yeah. a nasty piece of work but he was very important in the life of religious scotland in the time of mary queen of scots and he's played here by david tennant unrecognizably who just literally all he does is stand in the same church over the series of 20 years and just preach random stuff with a giant beard <laughs> very theatrical too I yeah think. very but he was very good but um, yeah but propaganda. yeah so so that that kind of like image that we have of mary queen of scots today is implied kind of comes from this from the propaganda at the time and from the gossip at the time. Yeah. Um, and the film presents to you that she marries Darnley and is in love with him and, or thinks she is and has this, like, connection with him. Uh-huh. Um, but then actually finds out that he's an alcoholic and also... Probably gay. Probably gay. And it has a relationship with one of her... Um, with Rizzio. Yeah, yeah. Her, one of her favourite, like, you know... Courtiers. Courtiers, yeah. People, yeah. Um, so... It, and then it's implied that that someone else kills him, like. And they did that to kind of. Him. They did that because they felt threatened by her relationship with him, and it was a platonic, but a very close friendship with another man. And you know, then it goes on to kind of be like, and actually, she was pushed into marrying a different man because people were trying to consolidate the power that because she's sovereign, you know, without have without her. They, the people that wanted to rule in her stead, like her half-brother and the various courtiers, yeah. um, they couldn't do it without her. So you see them pushing and pulling her to a point where, you know, she's powerless because they've succeeded in establishing her as a wife rather than, and than a queen. And I think it's, it's actually, again, as I said before, a chilling portrayal of what men will did do to Mary and tried to do to Elizabeth to get the power that they held yeah, as sovereign absolutely. women. And, and the idea that, you know, at this point she already has an heir. So there is no... The the, the, the motivation for her to be married again is purely political. Yeah, because as soon as she has an heir, she loses all her power. Yeah. Which Elizabeth it, knew and didn't let happen. Yeah, which the film also had... That's, like, a, yeah, a big part of the movie and, and the way it tells the story. So one interesting thing the film does is that it reminds you that Elizabeth is the daughter of Anne Boleyn. Oh, and, yes, the family you'll suffer. And yes. also, at one point... Um, when Mary is being pressured to marry again. She says, oh, I won't be a female Henry VIII. It did kind of slightly crack me up that she referred to him as Henry VIII. I was like, did people do that then? Um, did but they? It is, it's, actually, it's, it's quite unique for people to... Re- it's kind of pop culture isn't it? it it's like they like, have pop culture. I don't want to be Henry VIII. You know? Yeah, it's like, they have, it's, it's like they have popular culture, which, of course, they did have popular course, culture. yeah. So it, it's a fun actually, little reference to that, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, but I also think it worked really well because I always thought when I was studying this period how strange it must have been for Elizabeth to... Be the daughter of Anne Boleyn. Yeah, yeah. Who, who, of course, was executed herself. And she was, like, and, three, yeah. Yeah, so I think that that's a really interesting way of them establishing how these... The fact that there were these two female rulers on the thro- respective thrones at the same time who were, just by very their very nature, incredibly different from the men who had preceded them. That was, like, a really interesting theme of the film. It was quite... Yeah. A, it's a small part of it, but I didn't. Well, it's it. nice to think about how they would reference and what they would emotionally and politically and all the kind of thing think about what had come before. And yes, it's a very good point. Yeah, it's interesting because I think this film was definitely designed to be an Oscar vehicle for oh, Marco yeah. Robbie and um, Sasha Ronan, uh, both of whom were, of course, up for the 2018 Best Actress award um so yeah you very much feel like that was the intention and it's and it's established this stellar cast and you've also got these 
you got those sweeping Scottish visuals that we love so yeah. much. Although they weren't as great as an Outlaw King, I will say. Outlaw like, King did have it. Because also, they? I was kept being like, Holyrood Palace looks nothing like that. But yeah. No, no, you're absolutely right. Um, and I think, obviously, it hasn't... I think the fact that it's a chimera of a film means that, as a oh, as an Academy voter or any kind of person who was on the boards for these things, I would be like, its message is a bit skewed, and a film without a strong message, even with strong actors... It, it's harder to give Oscars to that, you know? Yeah, or yeah. Or awards to that. Yeah, it's interesting. And, of course, you know, these these awards are always fueled by lots of different things. things. And there's obviously lots of different elements at play as to what makes something yeah, successful. Yeah, I mean, someone explained to me why Bohemian Rhapsody is winning any awards. I mean, Rami Malek, yes, but Bohemian Rhapsody is a film... Do you see it? No, but I know it's not very good. No, I, I did see it, and ah. I... Do you see why I should have won? I enjoyed it, but I never at any point thought it was going to win any Oscars. Like, yeah, and it won it. a Golden Globe. And, I, and I'm like... I enjoyed it because I like Queen and it is like quite fun to watch. If you disregard the obviously fact that Brian Singer was involved, which is, you know, <sighs> awful. Um, but if you, if you adopt the view of separating the art from the director, then I think there is something to enjoy in it. And Rami Malek does play Freddie Mercury incredibly well so as an, as an actor yeah absolutely but, but then it still that doesn't quite fit with the idea of like you know why hasn't Margot Robbie been nominated for best sporting actress then if you adopt the view that like the yeah the, the performance can be separated from the film no you're it, right it's quite strange I, in my opinion like she definitely doesn't deserve a nomination even if like she wasn't going Honestly, to win she killed it I, 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 she out kind of outshone Saoirse Ronan for me which is so difficult because yeah. Saoirse Ronan out, outshines anyone but the whole point is it's interesting to see and that's why we went to see it too is that we were kind of like why is this film being received kind of tepidly and we, I kind of see why it's being received tepidly yeah I think it was ultimately like I, we would ultimately say that we really enjoyed it like oh and, yeah and go and see it there's some really interesting elements and like the um, you know the, the performances are incredible and it is overall an enjoyable film but it, there is perhaps a few things that make it not quite fully connect yeah I agree So we now thought we'd just move on to discussing um, some of the other pop culture things that we've been enjoying over the past month or so. Yes, um, absolutely. Obviously, I spoke to you. Um, so, Helena, is there anything in particular you wanted to highlight? Highlight? Oh, um, one thing that I'm really excited about is that the fun How to Your Dragon movie has come out. <laughs> Don't know. No, it's just because Helen, I was just talking about this before we recorded. Yes, so. absolutely. And I haven't. I, I. I. don't know when I'll see it because when. 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 When will I have time? But. Um, yeah, I'm very excited to see it because I, How to Your Dragon is one of the my favorite movies of mm. all time, and I think that it's been it deserves a lot of praise because it is one of the best movies out there. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. Um, you know, there are several things about the film that like I'm nervous about because I think it's going to end in a bittersweet manner, which yeah. makes me sad because I like happy endings. But um, And speaking of happy endings, I'm really excited for um, Aladdin oh, coming. Movie, yeah. Have you seen the most recent teaser trailer? So we're recording this in like early February. No, I haven't, no. Oh my gosh. So... Um, there was obviously the Entertainment Weekly kind of they had some pictures of the cast Aldous, Will Smith, Aladdin and Jasmine I don't know the actors' names for those two um, and obviously it's Aladdin and then Will Smith is Genie in his normal human outfit oh okay um, obviously wearing Genie-like clothes yeah yeah um, and everyone was like why is he not blue? you know he looks like a normal human and people were kind of saying that the costumes looked quite pantomime-y oh okay and I was at the time I was a bit like I'm not really worried you know like Entertainment Weekly's kind of the way they're going to 
the way they're going to take pictures of stuff is going to be kind of it's going to look theatery because yeah it's going to be different to yeah. what it looks like on screen yeah absolutely so. but then obviously the uh the genies come out they, they've showed him blue at the end of the last teaser trailer because people have been asking for it i'm assuming and yeah. it's it's like it's not bad it's, it's it's what you would expect but it's just very it's, it's just kind of like surreal because it's just they had to find a way to make the genie work yeah and it's kind of like <sighs> animated body human human like it like they've kind of got you know the genie's kind of like a bit beefy and mm. thicker so like they've done that which is cool but then it's just will smith's face and it's blue and <laughs> okay and people have people on twitter and obviously the bbc wrote about it too because yeah. people were like Ooh. um and it was kind of like people were like this will haunt my nightmares <laughs> and like i mean i'm not so i mean i think it's going to be a fun film i don't worry too much like i think it'll be like beauty and the beast and the styling of it does look quite theatrical and quite yeah. put up put together because like it's a Disney film and that's the style they've gone with. It's not going to look like... If they were going to do literal Aladdin, it would look different. And yeah. I think they'll do that with Mulan. That'll be... That, the Mulan will look a bit more like realistic and styling because when they the do plot, it. Like, yes, absolutely. And yeah. they're taking the music out of that film too. Yeah. So I'm really excited. I think it's coming out in the next couple of months. So right. I'm really excited to see kind of what happens with that. Overall, I really enjoyed the teaser trailer. I think I was, I was really quite excited. I think oh, it's going to be really good. No, I, have, I haven't seen it. I saw, I think, um, some of the pictures that yeah. came out initially, but yeah, I haven't yeah, seen I'll it. Yeah, I would show you now, but um, you, we, we would get distracted. Yeah. Um, and then speaking of, just going to continue with things, I haven't done a whole lot. Maybe I'm just forgetting, but I'm, I, this is just something I'm excited about. I'm also excited about um, Frozen 2, mm. which I don't know when it's coming out, they haven't said, but the, te- the teaser trailer yeah. has again come out. And again, the BBC, I've talked about it, because the BBC know exactly what we all want commentary on. <laughs> and again, it looks really interesting. Like I'm really quite excited to see... Because I feel like with Aladdin, Frozen, Hatching on Dragon 3, you know, these are films that the studios, so DreamWorks and Disney, know are going to be big. They know yeah. that people are going to oh, go yeah. see it. People will go see it regardless, yeah. Yes, so I'm really interested to see, and also Frozen 2 in particular, like, the, they could do anything with the story. No one mm. knows what's going to happen. Like, why is everything, why is Elsa running across, like, a big ocean trying to freeze it? Why is Autumn coming, you know? Why, who are the new characters? Is, is Elsa going to have a girlfriend? Like, none of these questions we know anything about because, no. you know, Game of Thrones style, they've released nothing about yeah. it. So I'm really excited to kind of see as well, like, what happens with that um yeah and then of course i've got a couple of birthday theater trips coming up so six and all about eve which yeah. i'm really excited about too because uh you know we'll be able to talk about them because all the culture is upcoming i think for me definitely yeah i also have quite a few theater trips so yeah the, the two of us are going to see all about eve which is starring gillian anderson and lily james. james great combo um, great yeah. combo yeah and then i'm also going to see come from away oh yes of course uh, yeah. fairly soon which is the musical that's transferred from um yeah did really well over there too in broadway yeah and actually excitingly i suppose we can exclusively reveal on the podcast of course um that we are going to be talking about the newly arrived in london musical waitress Mm -hmm. um which is well it has been really kind of um, everyone's been very excited about it because it was so successful on broadway Mm, and it was composed I think it's music and lyrics yeah. by Sarah Barriels. Yeah, I was going to say that and I was like, I'm not quite sure how to say her name. I'll I let think Helena say it. I think it's Sarah Barriels, <laughs> yeah. who is always, who is like a, you know, a well-known musician, especially in the States. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so we're going to go, we're going to, well, hopefully have some interview time with some of the cast members. Yeah, um, so stay tuned for that. Uh, so yeah, stay that tuned is for exciting, that. you're But right. certainly we're going to be discussing the the musical when we see it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I've got a couple of, of, of uh, theatre trips lined up that I'm looking forward to. Um, in terms of trailers, like on that theme, did you see the trailer for yesterday? 
this movie which is directed by Danny Boyle and written by Richard Curtis. Well, obviously, oh. again, like a combination of no, highly successful Literally, people. it hasn't haven't come across it at all. Uh, so the, the plot, and it also stars Lily James as well. Because <laughs> she, she's like um, Alicia Vikander, just everywhere. Yeah, so the plot is that this guy wakes up in a world, sort of slightly Groundhog Day-esque in some oh. ways, where nobody remembers the Beatles. And so, and he's like a budding singer-songwriter. Um, and he is in some sort of situation where he ends up like singing a Beatles song. And everyone's, and everyone's like, like, amazing. Wow. <laughs> you know, and so and from the trailer, it seems like he then becomes like this kind of global superstar yeah. based off like... Plagiarising Be- Beatles songs. But nobody, Except not really. Nobody knows who they are in this sort of alternative universe he's woken up in. That's really interesting. Um, so it's quite a clever concept, I suppose, as a way of kind of getting what I guess is going to be really a jukebox musical. Yeah. It's probably a way of actually doing that quite cleverly. That's quite an innovative way of bringing in, because I think with, like, Take That musicals and stuff, they've had two of them so far, and yeah. maybe three of them so far, actually, I think. Yeah, and it's uh, always difficulty trying to shoehorn the songs in, in a jukebox musical. So that's yeah. a really clever way to do it. I think so. Um, and the trailer... Yeah, obviously, you know, Danny Boyle is this Oscar-winning director and, yes. you know, Richard Curtis is known for his heartwarming film. So it's a good combination and the guy playing the lead is, like, an unknown. Um, so that's quite interesting. Intriguing. I, I think he's surrounded maybe by, you know, the classic British actor set. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's just him. Yeah, so I'm excited for that. Like, I feel like it could go one way or the other, you know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. overall, I imagine it probably will be quite fun. Yes, that makes um, sense. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. In terms of things I've been enjoying, speaking of Gillian Anderson, um, I watched the new Netflix show, Sex Education. Oh, yeah, that, with that Asa, Asa Butterfield of Merlin fame. Yes, yes, of Merlin. Um, so he plays her son, um, yeah. and the plot is that she, Gillian Anderson, is a sex therapist. Yeah. And in a way that only could happen in a film um, or in a, on TV, Asa Butterfield ends up also acting as a sex therapist for his teenage classmates. Yeah. Um, and it's um, very much in the vein of, like, John Hughes films and, you know, the classic teen movies. Yeah. Um, there's a character who very much reminds me of um, Julia Stiles' character in 10 Things I Hate About You, for example. Oh, of course. Um, it's got an interesting situation going on where the cast is all British and it was filmed in Wales... And there's quite a lot of British references, like somebody dresses all in orange and someone compares them to a what's-it, for example. Mm. Like, all the kind of references are British. But the school that they're supposed to go to feels very American. Like, they kind of wear letterman jackets and... So it's like an American school in, like, Brecon Beacons. Essentially, yeah. It's obviously beautiful intriguing. Uh, yeah, and at first, the first episode, I was like, oh, you know... A lot of teen dramas can feel very... Well, not even drama, it's very much more of a comedy, but a lot of, like, teen shows... <laughs> Are you okay? No, I'm sorry, bam, I'm not going to continue. A lot of teen shows can feel uh, kind of derivative. And I think there's yeah. a difference between something being derivative and something being, um, you know... Tropey. Yeah, yeah. Or, or like deliberately kind of referring yes. to classic films yeah. or, or um, shows. And at, at first I was like, oh, this whole like fake American thing is a bit weird. Uh, but then I think actually you kind of get into it and you sort of accept it. And the director has said that it wasn't to appeal to Americans. Yeah. Which is what I watched it thinking yeah, was yeah, happening. Yeah. And he said, actually, no, we did it because the concept is slightly surreal. So we're just going to go a bit more surreal with it, yeah. Yeah, and it's a way of kind of 
allow it's almost like uh, for him it allowed him to like make reference to american films um yeah like you disassociate with your location a bit more you know like a lot of american films can do this can't they because they can take place in um, wherever america yeah so then people it doesn't matter so much where it is it's more just like the culture it's part of yeah and because in terms of like what happened the sort of different issues that the the show the people in the show are going through are all quite realistic so Mm. it's like you've kind of got this heightened setting but then you've got like quite realistic characters but once you get past that and sort of yeah you know don't worry too much about the weird amalgamation of american british culture um it's really enjoyable and yeah. like very sweet um and obviously funny and interesting and yeah, yeah it's like a really good show i really enjoyed it cool well, that's so, really exciting yeah i would recommend if you haven't watched it i think a lot of people have already watched it it's been very successful yeah um, and it's been very praised for being very frank in its depiction of issues that teenagers might go through and, yeah teenage sexuality um, which yeah. is one thing that's quite hard to I find that either it's like Riverdale style that they're really really oversexed yeah. or it's like um oh I don't know it's like Love Simon where like they kiss someone and everyone's like <gasps> you know yeah which is like not neither a bad but it's more like you want something in the middle that's realistic yeah and it's got like quite a large cast of characters which allows them to kind of show quite a large range of experiences yeah. and, and different kinds of cool. people um so yeah I really enjoyed that um and yeah also oh did you see Queer Eye is coming back yes I'm oh, amazed they can do so many that. series in uh, literally a year like they've only been around for a year and I know I'm like, I think they've been really like churning them out haven't yeah. they yeah I suppose it's probably fairly easy to do and that they just have to like drive them to yeah you spend three months filming yeah in a year, out of the year that's six months out of the whole year and then they do other stuff yeah. looking forward to all the brand deals I have to see on Instagram because I follow them all on Instagram because I kind of I felt like I had to you know oh, as yeah. a young woman so that'd be really exciting um yeah so lots of stuff to look forward to definitely so our next episode will probably be about waitress um, uh-huh. and I'm sure we'll be talking about some of our other yeah theatre adventures over the next absolutely and as ever if you have comments questions etc etc um, you can follow us which is at real LLW on Twitter um, and loves labours watch no punctuation on Instagram we also have an email loves watch at gmail.com if you feel like emailing we're on iTunes and soundcloud and hopefully we're going to be on spotify soon our next step <laughs> so if you're a spotify person and you've been like why are they always doing this with the channels that i don't like to use then fear not we're going to try and sort it out but you know tbd yeah we will see but yes ever thank you for listening uh i hope you've enjoyed yourself yeah see you soon yeah talk to you soon <laughs> <laughs> bye, bye. <laughs> see you soon <laughs> <laughs>